welcome to the Data Democracy. Presented by renowned O'Reilly author Ole Olsen Banyu. Empowered by Xenia. Make your data accessible and discoverable by anyone, anywhere, at any time. Hi everybody, you're listening to the Data Democracy and I'm your host Ole Olesen Benjø, Chief Evangelist in Senea and the author of the Enterprise Data Catalog published with Aureli. In this podcast we explore what an Enterprise Data Democracy is with knowledgeable guests. Today's guest is Matthias Niebuhr. Matthias unfolds something that everyone will be talking about very soon. It's the EU Data Act. No. Not the EU AI Act, the EU Data Act that comes into force in the summer of 2025 and it will change industries in a massive way on a global scale, no less. My takeaways from my conversation with Matthias are first, a data leader takeaway. Prepare for the EU Data Act. Getting a firm overview of your data is becoming an absolute must-have because who that data belongs to is about to change very rapidly. Second, a data democracy takeaway. Be ready for a whole other level of data democracy. A place where tools and technologies you use will have far less ownership of the data you create with them. And third, a personal takeaway. Matthias is a rare lawyer in the sense that gets technology at a very deep level. And it's great to be able to cross professional borders. We should all do that. Okay, enough of me talking. Let's hear what Matthias has to say. Hi, Matthias. Hi, it. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. This is a special series that we're doing on the EU Data Act. And as my first guest, I think thought it was obvious to have you Matthias, since you are such a reputed specialist in this area. Before we dive into the topic at hand, will you care to share a little bit about your background, where you're based, stuff like that? Sure. Um, I happen to be a lawyer, um, and I've been that for way over 20 years. So I'm, um, I'm that old that I actually worked for AOL back in the days. So the, the that's a long time ago. So I've been doing all kinds of IT-related work ever since that, and I've been mostly doing um, a classic IT law, later data protection. Um, that still is the main focus of my the things I do, uh, doing data protection. Um, and I came across um, the the EU Data Act in the course of a project that we had. I'm currently working for a company called BDO Legal. Um, you may know BDO, it's a global group of audit firms, um, audit tax consultants. But BDO is more than that. BDO also has uh, cybersecurity people, uh, digital people, and also a legal arm in some legislations where that is possible. In Germany, it is possible. I'm based in Berlin and um, in, in the Berlin office. I'm actually the only IT lawyer, but I work a lot with people distributed all over uh, Germany uh, and also within uh, Europe um, uh, as a legal team. Um, 
and I came across the EU Data Act um, um, with a project that we did. It was a research project of the German Ministry of Transportation. They were um, looking for um, uh, a, the, for a platform where we were applied to, to, to create a platform for data sharing in the context of public transport buses. Um, because the technology change in public transport is 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 big at the moment. The European Union tries to get uh, carbon neutral by 2030, at least by uh, for the public transport companies that want to purchase buses. Um, and this is a huge change for the operations of public transport uh, companies because they, in the past, when the driver returned to the base, just fill up the tank, put the key to the board, and leave uh, leave uh, the, the yard. Um, and currently, the, the technology change going electric means such a huge uh, change in the operation of those those buses. And um, data, they, the, the project realized data is key to uh, really making the change and in the context of the project, we learned okay, um, data data is hard to get uh, from from the buses uh, because the manufacturers would not would only give you a very limited range of data. Uh, standardization is way behind, um, so the standardization covers still covers pretty much a diesel world, uh, and manufacturers are reluctant to to share. And in that context. I learned that the Data Act was coming, and um, this the experience also from other projects uh, led to me applying for a, uh, the expert group that the Commission was uh, seeking uh, to design data um, B2B data exchange contracts under the new Data Act. So I came across the Data Act, and to me, the Data Act is is one big revolution in the sense of providing access to, to to IoT devices of all kinds, including buses. And I think our bus example serves so well as a template for all kinds of other access situations. So this is basically how I ended up in um, being an expert of the uh, Data Act, which is quite fun. At yeah, it's 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 very stimulating. I have to say, I was very very uh, positively affected by our, by our conversation when when we had our preparatory call and just got to know each other, Matthias. And I've shared this a bit, but I don't think my listeners know that I I taught uh, big data ten years ago at the University of Copenhagen, and I thought of many of these things what what the EU Data Act is addressing when I taught back then, but there was no there were no at least to my knowledge no regulatory considerations about this uh, at at a European scale at least. But we have a lot of time, and I have prepared the listeners that this is a deep dive. We we all need to prepare and understand this, so we have a lot of time. And I and to set the stage, Matthias, can you can you briefly explain us to 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 the listeners to me what is the EU Data Act? To, to understand what the Data Act is, you have to first know that there is a digital strategy of the EU, and that comes under cyber strategy and all kinds of digital legislation that is coming. Um, 
has been coming is uh, and will be coming. And the Data Act is only one piece of legislation in that whole tsunami of digital uh, legal acts. And the most noted is, of course, the AI Act. Everybody's talking about the AI Act. My personal belief, because I'm a Data Act fan, uh, as it's uh, obvious, but uh, my, my, my understanding is that the Data Act is actually at least as big as the AI Act. Um, other pieces of legislation are the Digital Markets Act for um, um, basically a kind of antitrust approach to digital markets. Then it's the Digital Services Act, which is a lot of, uh, about content uh, regulation, but also um, uh, some, some aspects of power. Um, then you have a whole lot of cyber, cyber legislation in the whole field. And the Data Governance Act, which is another piece of legislation that is quite close to the Data Act, the sense of Data Governance Act, is about data sharing, the access to data, data intermediaries. And the Data Act is so interesting because it has, it has, first of all, it has many, many areas. It covers things like access for governments to certain data, IoT data. It covers uh, switching between cloud providers, which is, of course, a very relevant subject, but it's, I personally don't find it too too interesting. Um, it is interesting that, yeah, the, 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 the real issue um, uh, with the Data Act is access to IoT data for users. That is quite revolutionary. And what the Data Act does is it provides users right to access data that is that, that is created while using a product so it's a user-centered uh, centric approach to data that is such a big deal and and we have uh, a lot of time to talk about it but if you even i mean from a legal perspective if you are a lawyer it's a big deal if, if you yeah. come from a from a technical it background or data management background it's also a big deal I think a lot of people can sense that this is quite something. Um, and to unfold that, uh, can, you, can, you, can you perhaps uh, uh, share a bit more about why is the EU Data Act coming into effect? Why are we seeing it coming into effect? What motivates the EU Data Act? I mean, I'm, I'm only guessing. And we talked about this before in our prep meeting, and um, I'm only guessing. And then maybe I'm, if, if I name companies, then I'm using that as an example. And so maybe it may it is even made up. But it is the purpose is to have an example. My example in this field would be John Deere, <laughs> because John Deere in the past um, was uh, known that they are lo pretty much locking up their hard. So if you bought a tractor from John Deere, John Deere would consider you, well, you're apparently legally the, the owner of that tractor, but they considered the tractor basically some hardware on which software is running. And they claim that it, copyright protection relates to the software. And they also, under that aspect, as well as contractual law, they, 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 they perceive the data that is generated in the tractor during the use, their property. 
their intellectual property, the even um, the more apparently filings with the uh, U.S. Uh, copyright Office. That is was the world that, as it stood. The, the consequences were that you could not repair a tractor um, with free workshops, so they were basically not able to access the the the, the, the hardware, the, get the information that you needed to to repair. But they also extended that in a way to um, to cover to get really insights into the use of the product. And that's that's the most powerful thing. They 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 were teaming up already with with big players in the uh, agro business, uh, Monsanto but, uh, and and others to to have data exchange with them. And I I, I see the uh, I totally see the benefits of that because you want to understand how the machine works, not to overuse uh, 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 chemicals. There's a lot of benefit in them, but also there is a dark side to it. So first thing is you they that John Deere would control the aftermarket repairs and uh, additional services, but also um, the data could be valuable. And the value in the data is kind of obvious. My, my example would be a bean seeding and bean harvesting machine. Uh, if you are the manufacturer of a large number of those machines, like John Deere's, and I'm only guessing they may have like a third of the world's uh, machines, then they have the insights on the bean harvest of the world. And that for financial aspects, it, like if you, you would, were to uh, design financial products, this would be very helpful to have the inside of the real-time uh, bean growth of the world, and then you can can have interesting futures on, in that field. I'm not an expert of that, but it's kind of obvious that the data in that large scale could be super valuable. And I think that is basically the background uh, against which uh, the commission was designing the data. I think they came more from the right to repair uh, aspect, but at least parliament, they, they were considering pretty much also uh, additional aspects, the value of data. Mm -hmm. That's how the Data Act came about. To me, this is just a perfect mirror of very, very precise courses that I gave to the students at the University of Copenhagen 10 years ago when we discussed, okay, the potential of big data is also a problem in the sense that researchers cannot access the most interesting data because these big um, tech companies or industrial companies that managed to put software into machines um, became uh, the owners of this data. So the most interesting research projects back 10 years ago suddenly became defined by big industry and not by open publicly funded research. And that was a big problem and we discussed this. And so it's a perfect mirror of what you're explaining here, Matthias, that, that we see these companies that for obvious reasons, even good reasons, um, work with the data generated by their machines, but they are of course, locking that into a capsule that makes them the owners of this data. So I can definitely see, so thank you for, for explaining a little bit about the context uh, of, of why the EU Data Act is, is coming into effect. Okay, so, so moving on, how do you see, Matthias, the way the EU Data Act 
will change how data is managed within the European Union. As I see it, this is a catalyst of proportions that we cannot really fathom yet. It will change so much. But can you can you try to unveil and explain for the listeners what, what is going to happen? Well, the future is not ours to see. I mean, no. first of all, oh. the pred predictions of the future, you know. Um, yet, um, I mean, it will be very interesting to see how the Data Act will be used. I mean, the first thing, um, you, you were mentioning access to uh, uh, data for research purposes. That is not covered under the Data Act. It is, mm -hmm. the Data Act is user-centered and it puts users in the, uh, in the driver's seat to decide who receives data. Mm -hmm. And actually there's somebody else in the uh, driver's seat and that's the data holder or the, the, even the manufacturer because it depends on what the, the manufacturer decides to be open. Um, in the sense of um, it is a non-discriminatory approach to data access. That mm -hmm. means that the user sh should get at least as much data as is available to the potentially available to the, the manufacturer or the, to the uh, uh, data holder. If the manufacturer decides not to make data available by giving no means of access, the data is not available. It does not put any additional requirements on manufacturers. If you take our bus example, then um, the bus has a lot of signals and you have to find what signals are actually accessible to the data holder, the manufacturer. And some are not because they're purely internal to a component or within the bus. But everything that leaves the bus, either through an interface or uh, at the bus, could be could leave the bus there, like a CAN bus access, like in a workshop, or data that is transmitted to the manufacturer, that data is covered. And that's already a lot, because that is, I mean, um, a, a manufacturer like Daimler would receive a lot of data already from, from the buses. So they could, effect of the data could be that there is less data, because mm. manufacturers say, uh, we don't want to give, I mean, we don't need the data. It's kind of a data minimization uh, aspect. Mm. We don't want to give the data. So that would be actually kind of a detrimental effect. Uh, again, the future is not ours to see. It could be a thing. And I mean, talking to manufacturers at the moment, if you look at a company like Daimler, I think they are pretty, they, they've been watching the process of the Data Act all the time, they know what they're, they're facing and they probably have the infrastructure to provide data because they already have that. They have cloud services that could actually provide the data and they probably could, they, they probably know what the components do. But even they sometimes don't know what they, what, what, the, what data they have or what is accessible. Mm -hmm. I mean, talking to one manufacturer, I was they were actually saying, okay, we want to discontinue some services of like uh, legacy products because we don't have no idea what data we have there because it's sending and the people that designed, they, they left 10 years ago. Yeah. So IoT services that transmit data have been around for quite some time. Yeah. So um, that is one aspect. Maybe one of the effects is that there is less data, which is kind of interesting. 
Second aspect is the Data Act gives users the right to data. Um, that is the principle, yet it's not unlimited. Access to data is can be limited by manufacturers for security reasons and for trade secrets protection. If you look at a product like airplane, a car, there's of course a lot of concern that security relevant information is being transmitted out of the car that could be used to for, for interesting attacks on, on cars and all of that. At, at least, and the, the, the question there is, it, first of all, is that really true or not? And again, that manufacturers need to find out. And the question is also, what will their approach to the new law be? So will they stonewall everything, claiming it's all super secret and, by the way, dangerous? Or will they allow, have legal fights and regulatory fights? So that, that's one thing. The principle under the Data Act is that you get access to the data. Even where it's a trade secret, even if it's security related, the rejection is only an exception for rare um, scenarios. So the principle is, even though it's secret or dangerous, you get the data as a user. Um, yet you have to comply with the certain conditions, protect the data in a certain way, technical organizational measures. That could limit the use of the data um, because, yeah, you cannot give them away. And in my bus, uh, um, bus example, so passing the data on to third parties, you need to... to to uh, get agreements with third parties, like the, the company advising you on the on the best use of the consultancy, on best use on the uh, of the the fleet, the conditions could be so limiting that eventually nobody uses. So that that is also one scenario. So that's that that's the non not so bright outlook, but. On the other hand, if Data Act actually comes, and we've seen that with the, uh, GDPR, when GDPR came about, I, okay, we had experiences from directive, but if nobody knew how this will work with the new parts of GDPR. And I mean, also if, when, when the Schrems 2 decision was reached in, in the, uh, data transfers to the US, so actually nobody knew how a transfer impact assessment would be done. And this same will be for Data Act. So it will take some time until everybody knows what this trade secret protection actually means and how to set up the, uh, uh, the right process. So that may be a lengthy process, but eventually people can make, may be able to make and there will be decisions so people know what to do. And then the data will be available. And I, I mean, it is pretty much dependent, on, first of all, on how the manufacturers behave and also on the users. And that depends pretty much on how literate users are. So mm -hmm. what, what? Oh, yeah. I, if, and for the moment, I mean, if, if you work in data, I mean, you should at least embrace the concept of the data act that you, there is a lot of data available and we sh all should think about the potential uses. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from my, my experience in the last, in the, or the current year, a lot of users don't even know what can be done with their data. And I, I was invited to, to speak at the UITP conference in Barcelona. UITP is the Association of the uh, Public Transport Authorities or, or Providers. And actually, there was not much, much interest in the data. They have a lot of data issues, but they like to, to them, it's still 
Yeah, we need to sort out uh, data exchange for timetables and everything. But the importance of this use data or uh, the, the fleet information with, with, with every preemptive maintenance, you can see from the data how much brake uh, pad there's left or how uh, um, that the way you can charge the bus can be completely different to what the manufacturer says and still your battery capacity remains. All that, you have to have people that understand the value in the data. So it's a it will be a process for people to learn and challenge a bit the, the status quo to to get there to understand the, the value of the data before mm -hmm. the data actually becomes as powerful as it can be because I think it can be super powerful but it depends on the users if they actually um, use the data want to of course of course that is um, that is definitely true if I try to condense some of it I don't own a Tesla. But if I did, I would have a picture of my car on my phone, and I would be able to provide to to do certain updates of my car via my phone, buy certain features, uh, expand uh, certain things in in the ways I would. I would be able to configure my car, and it's a popular saying that modern EVs they are software that drives people around, right? The same goes for ships, possibly for planes in the near future. Pretty much everything is becoming software runs on data that does stuff for us. Goes for fridges, that goes for like IoT devices are all over and they've been for a while. So I'm thinking about all the the, the providers of, of, of software that gives us capabilities. Software vendors that freezes or keeps our food cold, fridges. Software vendors that mowing our lawns with robots. Software vendors that are making sure that we can do economic transactions, either via our phone or via plastic cards. All these vendors, what will the future look like for them after the EU Data Act? I mean, and I know this is perhaps an enormous question, but... What's your take here? Are the majority of the vendors aware of this and are they capable of responding to it? I don't have the market overview to, to answer that one. No, no, but it's I a big, it's an enormous question. Apologies. Yeah, but, 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 but no, it's, it's, it's a, but it's a fair question. And my, my gut feeling would be no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that a lot of. Uh, I do think that a lot of companies don't know. That's what uh, for the moment. And even again, my my bus example is, 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 that I always use is is the companies that provide software for bus operations. They don't necessarily know, uh, know about the data. Mm -hmm. They would be the first ones to offer uh, services. Um, the bus com com companies themselves don't know the value of the data because, and, and they so long, I mean, the data, were, there was no use in the data in the past. I mean, they are very slow to realize that there is value in the data. So it will take some time uh, to, to take up the opportunities of the data. I mean, that, that is, is clear. But there will be some companies, there will be good, good examples. And I'm, I'm still thinking of like, again, also at the moment, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of use cases. And use cases, now as a lawyer, um, 
that the, the use cases may be out of the software world. They may be in completely new and unrelated fields. For example, if you're an investment fund in, in, in real estate and you want to buy a uh, 1960s office building, you may now want to get the the data out of the heating system to understand how the, the, the that that building works because all of the high prices of energy, the in, in installations, all the hardware that is working in the building um, tells you a lot about the quality of the building. And that is, I mean, something that is decisive for the, for the value of the property. Mm -hmm. So like thinking of those, it, it, it may not, I mean, and may, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not, not an expert in investments in, in office buildings, nor, uh, uh, nor am I a, an expert in engineering. But my assumption would be as a engineer working, assessing the value of a property, I would be interested in that. Because how the valves in the north, uh, northeast end of the building, how they work and what, uh, what that tells me about the insulation. But, but, but without having special cams running, like this is like a made-up scenario. My, my other favorite uh, made-up scenario is, of course, ESG report, because everybody mm -hmm. is talking about ESG. Um, and if you look at ESG reporting at the moment, companies are, that the agencies that sell you average consumption of uh, of certain vehicles and that is the basic uh, basis on which the esg reporting is done and that is basically that's not worth anything no. because it doesn't tell you about your your fleet if you are a logistics company the data act will provide for new opportunities to to get access to to make use of the data in so ESG reporting could be pretty precise. So if I'm a logistics company like DHL, I could ask Daimler or MAN or whoever for the data, and I can have real-time consumption and um, real-time carbon emissions that I can use for my reporting. And I can make, make green claims saying our fleet is 30% below the average of, of, uh, in, the, in the industry. So mm -hmm. come work with me because I do something for environment. So it's these scenarios that I see, um, and it, it may take some time before that comes, but there is value in that. There's value in the data. For the, uh, at the moment, I think outside the, the tech industry, people need to understand where, where the value of data lies. Mm -hmm. oh, so yes. that's the big oh, opportunity. Yes. But that is, um, to me, when you explain this, I think that many listeners would like to know to what extent the, the consequences of the EU Data Act will uh, manifest itself in some kind of uh, data marketplace, both internally in companies and mm. between companies. And I'm not sure the answer is yes, there will be a data marketplace or no, there will not be a data marketplace. Because as you describe it, Matthias, it's somewhere in between. I mean, as a sort of a producer of data, I have certain rights that I didn't have before. The yes. tooling that, that I am using to, to produce my data with is not the owner of the data itself. The company that produced the tool by which I produce data does not own the data that I produced anymore. 
So that goes for me as an, an individual. That goes for me as a legal person, meaning a company. And that opens up um, a window of opportunity, as I see it, a very fruitful window of opportunity where more companies can compete more fairly on the basis of data. And I would call that a data marketplace to some extent. But I don't know if you agree in this. What are, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, well, terminology, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, don't get, get me started here. But it's, of course, I, I, totally, I totally hear you. I mean, the first benefit is, is that for the user. Okay, I can, I, I understand my, my machine better uh, than before. Um, somebody can help me with that. So consultancies are out there and they will be competing as to how to understand the data better and provide a better service to the users. So basically the companies that run machines. Um, so th that is obvious. That's, when we're talking about a marketplace, um, I can tell you also from the like the experience of a, a, a again a bus project, um, there will be a big problem not lying getting access to the data because that is hopefully solved in in the long run. Uh, you will get the information from the manufacturers. You will be uh, able to understand the data better than you used to, and. So you understand your product better. But it would one benefit would be if you could compare your data with the data of others. So basically, how is my fleet doing in comparison to another? Or for an investment decision, okay, I'm living in uh, in Newland or Copenhagen or wherever, and you, uh, um, and and I want to buy a car. Um, so if everybody was where to share the data, you would say, okay, what's the weather like in that region? Is it comparable to my weather in 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 another region in in maybe Ireland or don't know or so what does that tell me about using a certain type of electric vehicle? So has the performance is it hilly? Is it is it flat? Is it all, all all that data, if shared, could give you a better overview on the, how to use your product, or first of all, choose your product, use your product. Um, so that 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 would be interesting, and that that would be true true value. Yet in our bus project, I mean, the concerns that our bus companies that were part uh, that are part of the project raised rightly is well we are competing against each other and yeah well in our project we we even uh, we, we 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 cooperate but still we are competitors in a network when it's put on tender we may be competing mm -hmm. so there's of course competition law issues and so forget the lawyer stuff but it's all in the first place it's also um, I don't trust the others so much that I don't I do want to give all my fleet data away because that tells anyone how I operate. Exactly. My fleet. Yeah. Um, that's the what is way. interesting is that's what what they have been doing, or um, and a lot of industries have been doing in the past because all the data would be uh, sent to to the manufacturers. 
they were in the position to to know pretty much understand how fleets operated or how workshop was operating um, but in the future the question of trust will be super important so if you are and that that's basically aside from access to data and that's the data act is all about freeing the data getting them out of the device in as much as is permitted by law which is uh yeah to the extent the manufacturer would get get the data um but the next level will be data um exchanging data so if you have a data market that would require that people are willing of trusting each other um to 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 give away data and that to to overcome that reluctance that will be quite a challenge so companies that are setting up data or well, they are interested in data sharing they will need to tackle that problem how to trust the others and the use of the data <laughs> uh, so basically that's one of the aspects I and mean, the commission is already i mean they they understand that there is an issue with that and that's why we're sitting in this this uh, european uh, Commission's expert group to, to to set up data exchange contracts between parties because yes that's the issues I mean already you are, uh, if it starts with data holder i.e. for example manufacturer and the user trade secret protection and that is but you have that in even more relationships out there once the data is out of the device people need to have define the the regime, the legal regime, how to exchange data, and and that needs to be supported by, of course, technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, well, I mean, as a lawyer, I can tell you, writing NDAs is one thing, uh, living NDAs is is another. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. I. I rarely deal uh, with lawyers. It's not that I don't like lawyers, but it's just a very, very different way of discussing technology. And and sometimes, uh, to to be honest, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. Uh, but definitely not with you, Matthias. It's you know many of the things that you mention are things that is being discussed. I'm sure you know this in tech environments and tech in the tech community. Data contracts is is something that uh, in the last couple of years got a lot of hype and perhaps also a bit too much, basically as a way of automating and formalizing how data is being exchanged, but not in the proportion. There's an excellent book, by the way, by Andrew Jones on data contracting published at uh, PAC, uh, the publishing house PAC. Um, but but you mean not at all in the proportions that you are describing here. Uh, this is like thinking about how to integrate and exchange data between applications in a in an enterprise setting. Uh, so it's much more encapsulated, much more down to earth, uh, everyday IT operations uh, talk. But what you're discussing here is is a is a way bigger structure that plays a role at a societal level and and that is why it's both very intriguing but also a little difficult to understand what on earth will this eu data act do i still have a couple of questions left but just to wrap up some of the takeaways is 
So, so you're definitely describing what could be a potential wave of uh, decommissioning legacy IT, legacy IoT already, because people have simple, too little knowledge of what these uh, technologies uh, do, what data they contain. And yep. so in order to comply with regulation, more IT is being phased out or decommissioned completely due to the fact of uh, the EU data coming into effect. And that, from a technical perspective, would be quite wonderful, but also very dangerous, because that is also always the danger in a company to decommission IT that you don't know what, what it's doing. I've been doing that in, in my career uh, quite a lot, and that is... It's a it's a it's a data horror nightmare. So, but I can definitely see a wave like that, and then there are more uncertain things that taps more into the understanding of okay, what does this particular user, either either a citizen or a company, how data literate are they? To what extent they understand the data uh, potential, and how can they make use of that potential? And that is a more open question. But I see companies that do not prepare, and, and this is perhaps a yes or no question. I like to ask open questions, but, but just for me, my understanding and for the listeners, I see any company that is not preparing for the EU Data Act as a company that has a big problem when it comes into effect. I mean, if John Deere does not, we mentioned John Deere directly earlier. If John Deere does not change the way they operate, maybe they already have. I don't know. They have, yes. They have, so, okay. So they, they will they be pleased have, by yeah. they they will yeah. be pleased by 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 being they mentioned. They have here. reacted, yes. And yeah. apparently I'm I'm not an expert of US law, but apparently they even adapted their um they adapted they have an agreement with kind of a it's not a union, but an association of uh, American farmers, and there was even a an executive order apparently by by, by President Biden to address the issue of um, um, right to repair. So, right mm -hmm. to repair apparently is a big, big discussion in the U.S. ongoing. So, mm -hmm. there will be. I mean, that will also be an interesting aspect as the EU Data Act not only applies to European companies but also to any company that exports to Europe. Um, it, it will be again. Then I mean, everybody's talking about the Brussels effect. Um, it will have uh, effects on um, on non-EU companies. They mm. will need to adapt and also maybe influence legislation. And I, I think that is something the EU is is uh, also taking into consideration. Uh, consideration being the thought leader in in in, in data access and all that kind. Yes, yes, yes. That leads me to, to the next question. This is the Data Democracy podcast, and it rings a different bell in the U.S., uh, the name of this podcast, or in certain parts of the U.S. Uh, tech community, than it does in, in, in Europe. Because I think Europe is, Europeans, although we are always saying we are divided and that nothing unites us really, I think one thing that really unites Europeans is data. We have this conception, this understanding of data as something that should be treated correctly, that should be shared under certain rules and, and regulations. That is very natural for Europeans to consider, and I think less natural for Americans. So data democracy is something very dear to my heart. And, and to what extent, I mean, what are the perspectives of data becoming democratized with the EU Data Act? Can you, can you give some kind of 
big perspective on that, or is the question too big or a little off? We 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 need to talk terminology here. What do you mean by that and everything? Mm. So, yeah, democratize yeah. in the sense of first of all, the first step is empowering people, um, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. empowering users, and that step is is done by the Data Act because mm-hmm. you you are as a citizen or a company, you are empowered to make use of the data that there is and the details will be it will be bumpy i mean mm-hmm. um so what what does that actually mean where the limitations there will be a lot of questions but in principle that is something that um that is very powerful um and and really puts users interests and and frees the data it makes data available and that is a very democratic aspect i would say so that that that's the beauty of the data yes definitely and and uh, of course uh, being a lawyer you will uh, of course answer that we need to uh, to 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 discuss terminology uh, deeply <laughs> so i guess that's that's only fair that's only fair matthias um and um but it's definitely um <clears throat> It's it's definitely something. I mean, as I see it, and 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 read the press releases and the introduction material on the European, um, on the various uh, EU sites uh, describing it, um, I definitely see the EU Data Act as something that democratizes data. But of course, once you get into both technically the bits and bolts, and then legally uh, the paragraphs or the texts, of course. It's it's way more subtle to discuss. Okay, what is actually then uh, yep. democratized data? I, I you could write an entire yep. book about that. I I guess absolutely absolutely. And I'm I'm also very curious. I mean, you asked me about what will the data act do, and the question is, who will be the first ones to adapt it practically? Who will be the users that actually go after the data? And I mean, I have a rough idea who who that could be, and it's not you and I as citizens, but it's it's big players. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the big players, I mean, the, the 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 big lobby fight in 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 Brussels was ongoing between companies like Lufthansa and Airbus. I mean, they they were the mm-hmm. ones that that that. So again, a kind of John Deere scenario, but with planes and a lot of bigger investments involved. So there will be big players that that know the value of data and they will probably be the ones that that make way for then using data by us citizens. Um, For for users like, how's my fridge doing? The question is that there you would need to have basically entrepreneurs that give you an incentive to use the data because uh, uh, except for a few nerds and I can imagine people that like to hack their <laughs> fridge uh, yeah. uh, probably to play doom on it <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but um, except a few nerds nobody is interested in the data except you have a good a good reason to have the data so it would be a meta control system for your fridge or your your heating system. So in the consumer field, I don't know what models will there be. You spoke about Tesla, of course. Like Tesla is offering um, usage-based uh, insurance policies, and um, 
um, the industry, uh, the insurance industry is, of course, very much interested in that. So that mm. would be a field um, mm. of, is it, is it democratizing? I mean, ask data protection folks, they, I'm not very happy about this. Mm. Um, but it, it is, so the, the question is, where it, will it be happening? And it's really hard to tell uh, where things will be happening. I think the perspective you provided here is that prior to our conversation, I was imagining that the EU Data Act would be kind of a can opener of innovation in in Europe in particular, because Europeans have been kind of just giving all their data to big tech in the US, and that yeah. could change with the EU Data Act. But what you're pointing at, and that may that may come, that may that may happen. That may happen. But also what you're pointing at here is also that there's simply a power play that will unfold between the established players being the providers of the manufacturers of machines uh, with embedded IT, such as Airbus, and uh, the users of those machines, such as Lufthansa. And that power play will happen in every single vertical that we can imagine. It will happen in pharma, it will happen in transportation, it will happen in electronics, I mean, all yep. over. And, and that power play is not necessarily something democratic, and it's not necessarily something beautiful, but it will also the, the market uh, for certain. Yeah, but it's um, to contradict you a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I would say you need the big players to, to open up the can. Because, <laughs> I mean, if I were to go after... I don't even have a networked uh, uh, fridge, but to go after the fridge selling company or the fr fridge maker, first of all, they, I have no interest in the data. No, no, no. They it's, do it's, on my it's boring fridge. data. Yeah, yeah, it's boring. It's <laughs> but, just, it's just, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, other than that, um, so, and it's way too cum cumbersome. I mean, why mm. would I sue, let's say, uh, 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 a Bosch? Uh, mm. to to get access to the data and they would claim it was a trade secret I, why would i do that because it, it is just painful um yeah. and yeah, yeah. i mean also what what is puzzling about the data act is uh, or, or, the implementation will be quite a challenge um it, it, the, the data act comes not necessarily with a data protection related areas it comes with with penalties like gdpr but it will be the member states that will have uh, to sort out uh, penalties for non uh, non providing data um and we so we don't know what the penalties will be and how efficient the actual enforcement so what what will uh, <laughs> Will the data protection authority be the the supervisory uh, supervisory authority? Will it be um, will it be the the uh, competition authorities? Will it be the the telecoms networks authorities? Will it be a new body? Um, how long will the procedure be? And that's something you don't want to. I mean, that's for a user with your fridge. That's nothing you want to start. Unless no. you you have a like a Schrems like approach, you're an activist. Then maybe uh, they will be also powerful. Maybe, but um, mm. it will be the big players that will set precedent. Of course. Yeah, yeah. The question is, will we know that they set precedent because they probably keep quiet about it? 
Yes, yes. I I know a little bit about the setup in Airbus and uh, various other industries. And basically, I've been in, in, in this field all my life where you're searching for data inside uh, companies, so enterprise data. And that's not an easy job. Uh, and I dare say that you will not find any uh, mid-sized to large uh, industrial company that is good at, at, at searching for the data across the data estate. And that is why I can see the EU Data Act as being a huge game, game changer uh, for the disciplines and technologies that I have worked with all my life. Okay, so, so Matthias, um, just to wrap up the conversation, when will the EU Data Act come into effect? We're in the final phase of lawmaking, and the European Parliament has already uh, approved the Data Act. And if uh, if the Council now approves, then the Data Act will be come law. Uh, will become into effect, I think, twenty days after the uh, uh, decision by um, the lawmakers, and then it will have a um, a period of twenty months to be uh, applicable. Um, mm-hmm. to to companies regarding this concept of um, data access at, uh, at the data holder, meaning if the product doesn't have an interface, that way you can get the access to the data already and the data is stored with the manufacturer, you have a right to receive the data from the manufacturer in 20 months' time. And so given, given the, the extra couple of weeks that we need, so it will be end of 2025. And for all new products that will need to be uh, produced, uh, that will be another year. So data, uh, um, data access by design uh, default, uh, that will be implemented within a another year so we're talking end of 2026 so by then there should be equal access to to data from devices like a manufacturer there are many things going on in my head right now with this because <laughs> i'm i'm trying to think about how to actually build that and it's uh data access by design is a term in, term that i will not forget um this is extremely complex to actually um, make happen once it unfolds. I am a big fan. I, I will uh, admit that of, of of the EU Data Act. I think it will mean a lot of things in terms of uh, uh, private persons getting access to more data. It. I hope it will bring about a, a wave of innovation in Europe. Uh, I would also love to see... Uh, a lot of legacy IT being finally phased out and decommissioned. I dare even say flushed out the toilet because it's 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 just so difficult for companies to deal with all this legacy IT. So taking a step back here, Matthias, thank you so much for providing deep expert insights in the EU Data Act. It was a pleasure to have you on. Um, and I hope that all the listeners um, got a lot of out of this conversation. I'm very sure they did. And uh, if they want to reach out to you, Matthias, where can they find you? Well, you, you can find me with BDO Legal in, in Berlin. Um, so happy to to talk about this topic and get deeper into it. I mean, I really uh, 
I'm very much into discussing data and I'm still, I'm, I'm a learner in that field. I'm trying to understand what the data act will be and what the business opportunities might be and to provide the legal framework around it. So I'm very curious. Thank you. Thank you, Matthias, for, for being on. Yeah.